0: Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation features lightweight construction that provides support where you need it, without an ounce of padding. Experience unlined perfection with the nearly undetectable Invisible Lift Demi Bra, or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44, that's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Virginia. Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. Introducing the first-ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. Its available 362-horsepower hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you can always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day?
1: Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint
2: starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.
3: Welcome to Criminalia, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio.
4: Hello and welcome to the third season of Criminalia. This season, we're exploring the lives and motivations of some of the most notorious imposters throughout history. I'm Maria Tremarki.
3: And I'm Holly Fry. Okay, his full name was Imperator Nero Claudius Divi Claudius Filius Caesar Augustus Germanicus, but we're actually talking about the imposter Nero Claudius Divi Claudius Filius Caesar Augustus Germanicus. And that's times three. It's a busy episode. It is, and it's a good thing you don't have to read that times three.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Holly's right. There are three documented pseudo-Neros. And it's very likely there were many others who weren't successful enough to make it into the legend. Taking on the story of Nero is really, (laughs) it's really quite a big task. And To know why people pretended to be him, we need to know him. But I also want to give everybody a quick heads up here that it won't be a surprise, really, I think, in the realm of Roman rulers. But there's going to be some domestic violence in this episode. We're not going to linger over any of it, but there is some mentioned. there is some brutality, particularly the first couple minutes after our first sponsor break.
3: On December 15th, in the year 37 of the Common Era, the man that we most commonly know as Nero was born as Lucius Domitius Ahenobarbus. That's the son of Nius Domitius Ahenobarbus and Julia Agrippina, also known as Agrippina the Younger. Through his mother, Lucius was the only living direct male descendant of Emperor Augustus, the first of the five Roman emperors.
4: In the year 48, when he was still quite young and still called Lucius, Nero's biological father, who was a Roman general and politician, died. Soon after Emperor Claudius took the throne, Julia and Claudius, who was her uncle, married. Now, I know, uncle, but marriage in Roman times, as we've previously talked about, wasn't really how we know it to be today. It was almost never romantic, and it was almost always an agreement between families. And unlike in our modern society, sometimes that agreement was within families.
3: So after this marriage, Claudius adopted Lucius, and that is when Julia began to campaign that her son should be the successor to the throne, not Claudius's biological son Britannicus, who was the rightful heir. Not yet finished with her plans for their family, Julia also convinced Claudius that his daughter Octavia should marry her son, which also helped align Lucius with the throne. Those two were in fact married in the year 50. Claudius
4: died just a few years later in the year 54, and it is widely, and I'm using huge capital letters on that, suspected that his wife Julia had poisoned him with mushrooms at a banquet. And so if this sounds familiar, we've actually talked about Julia before. Back in our very first season, we looked at the stories of female poisoners, and one of the first poisoners that we talked about was, in fact,
3: Julia and her mushrooms. And a very ambitious cocktail involving infusing vodka with mushrooms. It was a great idea. Still make it for Bloody Mary. Exactly. Upon the emperor's death, Nero delivered a eulogy in Claudius' honor to the Senate, who then named him Emperor of Rome. This was the moment when Lucius became Nero, and Lucius took the name Nero Claudius Caesar Augustus Germanicus, and he ascended to the throne on October 13th, 54, just shy of his 17th birthday.
4: I think a lot of people would be surprised by this, because what we know or think we know about Nero is that he was a tyrant. But when he started out, Nero actually wasn't described that way. Nero was a teenager. He was considered sensitive. Historians contemporary to him, such as Suetonius, described him as handsome, with blue gray eyes, freckles, and blonde hair, specifically the yellow of a lion's mane. His hair color, though, is uh, it's actually a bit debated. Many accounts refer to his blonde hair, but based off of some portraits of the emperor, Some experts wonder if his hair actually may have been a little more red in color. He also had a beard, and although he may have tried, it did not cover up his double chin. So this is all important information if you have a plan on pretending to become Nero.
3: So this teenager, who was possibly a strawberry blonde, liked going to the theater, and he also enjoyed music, and he loved horse racing. As emperor, he established and performed in poetry, drama, and athletic competitions. He also ended secret political trials, and he created a more independent senate. He also banned capital punishment. Despite whether the senate approved of him or not, his people actually liked him at this point. There is actually some pro-Nero evidence out there. So he started out quite well, but unfortunately, that did not last.
4: When Nero began his rule, he actually preferred to stick to his own interests. He preferred to leave the ruling of matters outside of his areas of interest to his three chief advisors a major philosophical figure of the time, Seneca, who was also his former tutor, Sextus Afranus Burrus, who was a prefect of the Praetorian Guard, and Julia, who we know was his mother.
3: Julia, wrote historian Cassius Dio, quote, managed for him all the business of the empire. She received embassies and sent letter to various communities, governors, and kings. After a falling out of some sort, though, or perhaps it was just that Nero reached the age of 18, he eventually decided his mother was meddling and he did not want her influencing his rule.
4: Encouraged by his former tutor, Seneca, Nero began asserting himself. Julia assumed she was entitled to rule as the mother of an emperor, though, and she began threatening Nero. Nero, though, was completely unfazed.
3: The Emperor Trajan, who came to power 30 years after Nero's death, is said to have spoken about the Quinquennium Neronis, which means the five good years of Nero's 14-year rule. There's actually a phrase about it.
4: (laughs) We're going to take a break for a word from our sponsor. Nero may have started out strong, but things changed quickly.
3: When it comes to makeup looks, I really like full glam, but I also often just need an easy day look. And Thrive Cosmetics has been my go-to. I also travel a lot. I'm really guilty of lugging around way too much makeup in my suitcase, and I'm trying to curb that habit. And Thrive's brilliant eye brightener is the key to the whole thing. So instead of packing a bunch of palettes that I may or may not use, I can just throw a few of these slim sticks in my bag and I get all the shimmer and shadow I'm looking for. I streamline my packing. I can blend them together. They blend like butter. And you can layer different colors to get something truly unique. And then you just have your look all pulled together. Your eyes are brighter. You look well rested. And you look really pretty glam for a very easy look. Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty free. It's easy to see why they get so many five-star reviews, and even better, they give back to communities. For every product that you purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. So you look great, and you can feel great about how you got there. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash criminalia for 20% off your first order.
0: Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. It's all you. With lightweight construction and technology that smooths, shapes, and supports, these silhouettes are designed to conform to your curves for a natural-looking fit. Experience unlined perfection with the Invisible Lift Demi Bra, a style that moves with you and is nearly undetectable under clothes, or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Unbelievable and unforgettable, there's more to explore when it comes to Body by Victoria. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44. That's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com.
1: That's 25% off at lifelock.com slash iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here.
0: You need a vehicle that can meet your family's needs, and Toyota has you covered. Introducing the first-ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander never makes you choose between passengers and cargo. You can fit both with ease. With three spacious rows and available seating for up to eight, and a leg room that makes even long trips comfortable. With Grand Highlander's available 362-horsepower hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims, you can be confident that you have the power, acceleration, and efficiency needed for almost any adventure your family can cook up. And you'll get where you're going in style with a modern, spacious cabin that's perfect for both playdates and date nights. Impressive tech upgrades take the new Grand Highlander to the next level, including a standard digital key an available panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen. Don't just live life. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash highlander
5: Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long,
3: Now we are reaching that time we spoke of at the top of the show when Nero's rule became brutal and violent. It most certainly did. And
4: after dispensing with his advisors, the empire became violent under him. Rumors circulated about him, including everything from how he seduced married women to how he wandered the streets at night looking for people to beat or to kill
3: at random. Nero was at this point considered to be decadent, ineffectual, and tyrannical. He began executing rivals, political rivals or otherwise, so do not cross him. And he started to torture and execute Christians. Nero, too, had also developed quite a not-at-all-random hit list. It was also in 55 that Nero's stepbrother, Britannicus, suddenly died under suspicious circumstances.
4: Four years later, in the year 59, after learning his mother was allegedly plotting against him, Nero put a hit on her. First, the plan was to poison her. Then it was to have her crushed by a falling ceiling, which seems very labor intensive, but they all do. Then he wanted to have her drowned in a self-sinking boat. She survived every single attempt. Julia did not, however, survive being stabbed to death, a murder disguised as suicide at the order of her son.
3: Then, in the year 62, Nero, exiled, then executed, his stepsister-slash-wife, Octavia. Historian Suetonius wrote that, quote, After several vain attempts to strangle her, he divorced her on the ground of barrenness, and when the people took it ill and openly reproached him, he banished her besides. And finally, he had her put to death on a charge of adultery that was so shameless and unfounded.
4: With Octavia gone, Nero married Popea, who was a noble woman who was well-known for her beauty. Roman historian Tacitus recorded that in 65, Nero kicked Popea to death. She was pregnant with their child at the time. Tacitus went on to describe the act as, and we're quoting him here, a casual outburst of rage.
3: In April of the year 64, a Roman governor named Gaius Iulius Vindex renounced Nero. The Praetorian Guard, remember that is the force that was charged with guarding the emperor himself, renounced their support for him as well. When the
4: Romans finally had enough of Nero's behavior, they revolted. By early June, the Senate declared Nero an enemy of the people, which basically meant that anyone could kill him without punishment. Tacitus wrote at the time, and we're going to quote him again, Unlucky birds settled on the capital, houses fell in numerous earthquakes, and the weak were trampled by the fleeing crowd.
3: Nero escaped to the country, where on June 9th of 68, he died by suicide. He did not manage this on his own, though. His secretary, Epaphroditus, assisted him. Nero was the fifth emperor of Rome and following his death, the last in the Julio-Claudian dynasty. The line is synonymous with the death of Nero, but it actually wasn't until 50 years after that that historian Suetonius reported that his final words were, quote, What an artist dies in me. Political impostors, as we've seen this season, often pop up when they
4: see a specific circumstance happening a power vacuum. For example, the death of an emperor who had no heir, such as Nero left the door wide open for people to make all sorts of claims. Claims to being his heir, claims to being the emperor himself, more and more claims, I'm sure.
3: The year 69 was known as the year of four emperors, and it was named because four emperors ruled Rome in rapid succession that year. They were Galba, Otto, Vitellius, and Vespasian. None of those men were imposters, but this is when the imposters started to come forward.
4: Nero may have been a tyrant, which actually may be attractive to some impersonators, but most of all, he was just a powerful man. For better or for worse, he ruled over the entire Roman Empire for 14 years. According to the Claudian census that took place in the year 47, the population was just under 7 million people. The Roman Empire was really something to behold, and it's hard to know Just how accurate that number really is, there was biased recording for sure. And we also don't know whether or not the count over the years was limited to male citizens, male citizens and their families, or maybe it included women, freed men, enslaved people, anybody else. Either way, we do know he ruled over a huge amount of people.
3: Even just scratching the surface, Nero's rule was, let's call it, turbulent but there were some really momentous and historically significant events, both good and bad, mostly bad, during his reign. The Great Fire of Rome, which some actually claim that Nero ignited, the rebellion of Boudica against the Roman conquerors of Britain, the assassination of Nero's mother and his first and second wives, many, many other deaths, of course. And as is synonymous with Nero's brand, there was extravagant excess. And that meant tax increases and other unpopular decisions.
4: With that snapshot of the man who was Nero, why would anyone ever really want to pretend to be him?
3: We're going to find out. We're going to take a break for a word from our sponsor. And when we're back, we're going to first talk about Nero as the Antichrist.
0: Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. It's all you. With lightweight construction and technology that smooths, shapes, and supports, these silhouettes are designed to conform to your curves for a natural-looking fit. Experience unlined perfection with the Invisible Lift Demi Bra, a style that moves with you and is nearly undetectable under clothes. Or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Unbelievable and unforgettable, there's more to explore when it comes to Body by Victoria. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44. That's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. You need a vehicle that can meet your family's needs, and Toyota has you covered. Introducing the first-ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander never makes you choose between passengers and cargo. You can fit both with ease, with three spacious rows and available seating for up to eight and leg room that makes even long trips comfortable. With Grand Highlander's available 362-horsepower hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims, you can be confident that you have the power, acceleration, and efficiency needed for almost any adventure your family can cook up. And you'll get where you're going in style with a modern, spacious cabin that's perfect for both playdates and date nights. Impressive tech upgrades take the new Grand Highlander to the next level, including a standard digital key, an available panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen. Don't just live life. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Highlander.
5: Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms?
3: Hey everybody, it's Holly. Listen up, hangovers cost the U.S. $300 billion in productivity every year. But I've got the secret, Acalo wearable vitamins. Avoid hangovers by preventing them in the first place. Just peel, stick, and enjoy 24 hours of B1 goodness. It's not just for hangovers. Beats jet lag and boosts metabolism too. Go to acalo.co today. Trust me, it's a game changer. Plus, with Akalo's money-back guarantee, you've got nothing to lose except the hangover. That's A-K-A-L-O dot C-O. That's A-K-A-L-O dot C-O. Welcome back
4: to Criminalia. Why would anyone want to be Nero? Well, maybe power, money, murder. I think the list goes on.
3: <laughs> sure, murder, if you wanted to do that. If you want to call it that. Despite his marriages and lovers... Nero had no heir, so almost immediately following his death, rival generals began moving their troops toward Rome to stake their claims. And it also
4: didn't take long before people pretending to be Nero appeared. According to historian Suetonius, several imperial edicts were forged under Nero's name after he had died. And with no evidence who did these forgeries, the signing of those documents actually encouraged Nero's followers who believed a very persistent prophecy. Nero's return was imminent to avenge himself against his enemies.
3: Please let me have a prophecy like this when I pass. (laughs) This idea of Nero's return was a very popular one. In addition to avenging himself against his enemies, there was also a belief that was known as the Nero Redivivus. That was a legend that assumed that Nero was somehow still alive. Depending on who you were and where you sat in society, this would have been either a good or bad prediction. The wealthy who had plotted against him kind of feared that if Nero returned, he would come for them first. It's kind of part of that avenging himself against his enemies thing. The poor who had benefited from the emperor's public policies believed that he had fled to Parthia. Today, that's the region known as Corazon in Iran. There, in the seat of an enemy empire, he would have been welcome to build an army to destroy not just his enemies, but all of Rome. I'm sure that he would have, too, because he seems
4: like he was just into destruction. So there's another thing going on here. We mentioned earlier that Nero really seemed to enjoy his torture of Christians. And Christianity was still new in the first century, and among the Christians who suffered terrible religious persecution under his rule, it was believed Nero was the personification of the Antichrist as described in the book of Revelations in the New Testament of the Christian Bible. They believed for centuries, and I believe I read it was into the 5th century, maybe the 6th century, it was a few hundred years, that Nero would return to destroy Christianity. Today, scholars find it debatable whether Emperor Nero was ever portrayed or in some way characterized in the Bible, and they typically agree that the description of the Antichrist in Revelations 13 is really not similar enough to Nero's legacy to prove or suggest anything.
3: Nero impostors began to appear just a month or two after his death and continued until the reign of Emperor Domitian began. The first of the men known as a pseudo-Nero appeared in 68. We don't know his name, but what we do know is that he appeared in what is modern-day Greece. It's speculated by some historians that this first imposter decided to appear in Greece based on a trip that Nero had taken a few years prior. It is said that Nero absolutely loved Greece, which was then part of Imperial Rome. And he took part in several Greek festivals the year that he visited. He took home a rumored 1808 wreaths of victory for his artistic presentations. Listen, I'm creative. That's a lot to churn out. (laughs) He should be very proud. (laughs) Nero also competed in the chariot races, which he also won, even though he fell from his chariot. Nero wins. Nero always wins. But does the fake Nero win?
4: That's hard to know. The historian Tacitus wrote that this first fake Nero could have been an enslaved person from Pontus, which is located in what's modern-day Eastern Black Sea region of Turkey, or Tacitus considered, the man may have been a freedman from Italy. In other writings, because the first pseudo-Nero appeared in Greece, he attributed the whole imposter problem to, and I'm going to quote him, the gullibility of the Greeks.
3: Gotta get a jab in. I know, come on, Tacitus. And Tacitus had more to say about the not-Nero. It is through Tacitus that we know this fake Nero was appealing to Roman soldiers to become part of his own growing armed forces. And Tacitus was on to something. The first pseudo-Nero was able to convince a group of army deserters to join up with him, believing that he was the real Nero. And this group set sail, and then this pseudo-Nero began his career in piracy.
4: The pseudo Nero's motley group, actually, though, was blown by a storm to an island off the coast of modern day Greece. It's here where his crew first began acting like pirates. They stole from businesses, they even stole from other pirate crews. They were known for kidnapping the locals. The Romans benefited from piracy during the first century, though, from a Nero imposter or otherwise. So this actually wasn't a bad plan for our not Nero. Pirates supplied the empire with all kinds of things, but Mostly people they had kidnapped and enslaved. During this time, piracy spread through the Mediterranean, and that became a problem for a lot of reasons, but mainly because pirate ships made waterways hard or even impossible to navigate. And that caused a stop or slow in trade. And because of a pirate's proclivity to steal, then supplies grew scarce. And I feel like I just came full circle here.
3: Piracy in the Mediterranean. (laughs) It's a self-perpetuating system. According to records of naval captains at the time, it was Roman Senator Lucius Asprinus who finally ended this ruse. He ordered his soldiers to storm the ship and kill the pseudo-Nero. And when the imposter was apprehended, he was beheaded. The first pseudo-Nero, though, never broke character and never stopped using the name Nero. I couldn't
4: find this, but I, I hope that he used the name Pirate Nero <laughs> instead of Emperor in this particular situation, but I will never know. So we have to wait like 10 years for the second notable Nero impostor to come on the scene. The second pseudo Nero appeared during the reign of Titus, who was Emperor from 79 to 81.
3: And this not Nero was a man named Terentius Maximus, who was a Roman citizen almost 100% certain that was the case. A few things in Terentius' story get a little jumbled with time, though. He is, although infrequently, described as resembling an Asian man, so this would mean Central Asian in this case. It's written that some of his first supporters were from Asian regions, and the Roman Empire extended into Asian regions at this point. Specifically, we're talking about the area that was once called Asia Minor and is now modern-day Turkey.
4: It's written he resembled Nero in appearance, at, at least a bit, and perhaps a bit in his manner of speaking, too. And as the pretend emperor, he, as Nero was known to do, also sang and enjoyed playing the lyre, which is basically a small U-shaped harp. Although, based on the time period, he was probably playing the sitara, which is a heavy wooden instrument with four to like seven strings, and it's really similar to the lyre.
3: Aside from playing music, Terentius had big plans as a second pseudo-Nero. Terentius is a pretender who did have real followers, and quite a lot of them actually, spreading across the Euphrates to Parthia. His followers grew large enough that he actually led a rebellion, but that was quickly suppressed by Titus's forces. Ultimately, he was given refuge by Roman rival Artabanus III of Parthia, but he was executed when his true identity was revealed.
4: And here we are with our third and final imposter. The third pseudo-Nero appeared 20, yet 20 years after the real Nero's death. He may be 20 years closer to modern times, but we know the least about this fake Nero. He arrived on the scene during the reign of Domitian, the Roman emperor from 81 to 96. He was actually just chiefly known for his reign of terror.
3: This, not Nero, was from Parthia and was backed by the Parthians and the leaders of the Parthian Empire. The empire was a major political and cultural power in ancient Iran between 247 BCE and 224 CE. The Parthian Empire and the Romans, first as the Roman Republic and then as the Roman Empire, warred for, if you tally it all up, roughly 700 years.
4: The Parthian Empire stood in the way of the Roman Empire's desire for Eastern expansion, but that dynasty was a superpower in its own right. The empire stretched from the Mediterranean to India, roughly the region located in northeastern Iran today. They didn't just fight and win battles against Rome. They were also successful at their commercial endeavors. Among other things, they acted as intermediaries between Chinese growers and Roman manufacturers along the Silk Road.
3: So, the third fake Nero was successfully able to convince a large number of people throughout both the Parthian and Roman empires that he was actually Nero returned. Remember, a lot of them believed this prophecy. They were ready for a Nero to show up. Exactly. Ultimately, as the other pseudo Neros, this Nero too disappeared by execution, possibly, <laughs> as he was a Parthian pretending to be a Roman. But here's the sort of disappointing part. History doesn't leave us that answer. We don't know what actually happened to him.
4: It's like a choose-your-own-adventure. You can make it up yourself. (laughs) Which reminds me that sometimes you make choose-your-own-adventure cocktails and mocktails, and you probably don't have one today, but I would love to hear about what you do have. I hear there's more than one.
3: There's more than one because there's a choose-your-own-adventure, sort of. Ah, I was right. (laughs) But not for the mocktail. The mocktail is very simple. Here is where I started thinking about what we would do as a pseudo-Nero, which is what I'm just going to call this one because I really love that phrase. (laughs) Recently on another podcast I do, Stuff You Missed in History Class, we talked about Diricoquinaria, which is the first known cookbook. And it's recipes from the first to the fourth centuries uh, that were combined by someone possibly named Apicius in the early, you know, stages of our history. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the Apicius, as it's known, has some good recipes for drinks. And so I went to it first. There are a couple recipes it has, and I want to get credit for not doing the Pat and easy to predict for me thing, but I wanted to, which is rose wine. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the drink for today, but if you're curious, it involves like collecting fresh rose petals and then you steep them in wine for like seven days and then you strain it and you steep it for another seven days. And it. I didn't have 21 days to do the whole process, <laughs> but it also has a recipe for violet wine. Oh, wow. And that sounded yummy and delicious. And again, I didn't feel like steeping flowers in wine, but I have a workaround that makes it quick and easy and that is violet syrup. And if you have never had this, it is a majestic addition to your kitchen. You will start putting it in everything. It goes great on everything from ice cream into ginger ales into like, even some um, teas mixed with a violet syrup are very beautiful. I just love it. So for the mocktail pseudo neuro, you're going to start with three quarters of an ounce of violet syrup. I didn't go more than that because that is another syrup that will really start to overwhelm. And as I like to say, drive the bus. You're going to get flour taste with three quarters of an ounce, I promise you. And then throw that in a glass with ice, add about five ounces of cranberry juice. I like to go with a low sugar cranberry juice because the violet syrup tends to be very sweet. Um, So a low or no sugar added is a great option here. And then a splash of lime juice, just to, to balance that all out. And then you can garnish it with a lime wedge if you want, or a violet if you have one on hand. And it's just very refreshing and beautiful. And you get that lovely, lovely floral flavor. But also, you know, the cranberry adds its own element to it, and it, it's very, very yummy. So that is the, the pseudo Nero. Um, there are two alcoholic options. One... Is very simple. It's basically this exact recipe that we did in the mocktail, and then you're just going to add one to one point five ounces of a vodka. I know that's predictable, but this at this point you have a floral vodka cranberry, right? Like <laughs> yes, which is a fun way to twist up a, a vodka cran and make it a little bit something special. Also, you know it. You can vary the amount. In any of these, of spirit that you add, depending on, on how strong you want to drink to be. Remember, 1.5 ounces is about as high as you want to go by most um, bartending regulations and standards. Drink responsibly. The other alcoholic option, though, is a little bit different and more involved. Because as you remember, this whole thing started thinking about wine. It's a very common drink in Rome. They often drank watered down wine. Like it's kind of that thing where people are like, oh, mm-hmm. they drank all the time. Well, it was kind of watered down. It was like their their standard bevrage, as I like to say, to be silly. <laughs> so this one is gonna have very similar DNA, but it starts Instead, with three ounces of ruby port. And I like this because you can put a ruby port over a little bit of ice. It's fine. It doesn't follow those don't involve ice rules that that some wines will. Um, and I would add to that 1.5 ounces of that low sugar cranberry juice because it brightens it up. The ruby port is very heavy naturally. You're going to also do your three quarters of an ounce of violet syrup and your splash of lime. Garnish it with a violet or a lime, whichever you prefer. Give it a little stir before you put the garnish in. It is so shockingly yummy. It is much heavier because that port is just naturally going to be heavier. Right. But it's a very fun one. You can pretend you're a modern Roman, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And you can be like, oh, yes, I'm practically cooking from a picky use. I'm fancy, really, which is you know the street cred that you want to throw out at a party okay, I come from a pick use. Yeah, I do. Some people do and that's fabulous but um, those are your options. So it also I kind of wanted to do three separate options for the three pseudo Neros. So
4: I'm glad that you did. I, I bet they appreciate that. <laughs>
3: whether you are a drinker or no, whether you want to go a little harder in flavor with the port, Or keep it a a softer, summery vodka crayon with a flower flavor. You have all the options you could imagine. And I hope uh, one of those delights you and you enjoy it. And it adds uh, to your, we're now kind of middle to end of summer at this point. Everyone could use a refreshing libation. (laughs)
6: Yes.
3: (laughs) Thank you for spending some more time with us this week. We feel so lucky every time you do. And we will be right back here next week with some more Criminalia.
0: Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation features lightweight construction that provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. Experience unlined perfection with the nearly undetectable Invisible Lift Demi Bra, or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44, that's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Virginia Victoria's Secret store and online
2: at victoriassecret.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.
3: Hey everybody, it's Holly. Listen up, hangovers cost the U.S. $300 billion in productivity every year. But I've got the secret, Acalo wearable vitamins. Avoid hangovers by preventing them in the first place. Just peel, stick, and enjoy 24 hours of B1 goodness. It's not just for hangovers. Beats jet lag and boosts metabolism too. Go to acalo.co today. Trust me, it's a game changer. Plus, with Kahlo's money-back guarantee, you've got nothing to lose except the hangover. That's A-K-A-L-O dot C-O. That's A-K-A-L-O dot C-O.